And today we're going to study uh, Acts chapter 2, 1 to 41. And uh, the title is, It is All About Jesus. And I want that you remember when you accept Christ as your Savior. I want that you remember uh, the person that Jesus Christ used so you can become a Christian. Think about your conversion. Maybe it was in, during Sunday school, or maybe it was uh, at your home with your mom and dad. Please think about uh, your conversion. And maybe some of us, or some of you, when you accept Christ, you want to read the Bible the next day, the whole Bible you want to read. Maybe some of us, we want to, to share the good news to other people. Because now you're saved and you want that other people want to be saved. And maybe some of us, uh, we have a, a, a change of life of 180 degrees. Every conversion is different. Because we were in different situations in our life. Maybe we were facing some crisis in our life. And Christ came and gave the peace that we need. Every conversion is different, but what is the same is the redemptive work of Christ, the suffering, the dying, and the resurrection. Each conversion is different, but what is the same is the redemptive work of Christ in your life. Think about uh, your first love. Think for a moment about your first love. I remember my first love was... Uh, my teacher of second grade, Miss Ann. And I remember I bring apple, I share my, my lunch, I share my candies. I was so obedient that when the teacher needs to go out of the classroom for copies or for something, she always asked me, can you be in charge? And I'm like, teacher, I'm here for you. <laughs> and and was because of, I want to demonstrate to my teacher that I love her. I want to demonstrate that I'm here for you, teacher. Even you are not for me, but I'm here for you. <laughs> and it's the same when you uh, uh, get married, you know, when you went to the honeymoon, you uh, buy nice presents to your wife or to your husband, and you do nice things because you want to demonstrate to your wife or to your husband that you are doing all of those things because you love your husband or you love uh, your, your wife. And that's what you want to demonstrate with actions. And with this, the new Christians, they were doing all of this because of the gift that the husband, Jesus Christ, was giving to the bride, the Holy Spirit. We see all these actions of the Christians, of the new Christians. They were able to do all of these things because they received the present of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. The love of Christ for us is the one who made all this change in our life. We see the love of Jesus Christ when we accept him as our Savior. We see the love of Jesus Christ when he died for us on the cross and he, and he resurrected on the third day. But the most beautiful thing is when he gave his Holy Spirit to us so he changed our heart, or so he changed the situations that we were facing. All of these actions that the first Christians were doing was a consequence 
of Pentecost. Let's see what Pentecost means. I have four definitions. The first one is come from the Old Testament and was the Feast of Pentecost, 50 days after the Passover. Second definition, celebration of the harvest. The third one, New Testament is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. We see that Christ is harvesting his church. And the last one, Pentecost is when Jesus is sending his Holy Spirit after he ascends to heaven. And because of this, the church was able to devote itself to the teaching of Christ, have fellowship, and break bread with the church. First point, it's all about Jesus, not about Peter, from verse 14 to 21. We see how the Holy Spirit transforms Peter. We see how the Holy Spirit worked in a powerful life in Peter's life. Because Peter, the one who wants to defend Jesus Christ with a sword, when they come arrest Jesus Christ, the same Peter that denied three times Jesus Christ, the same Peter that say, I don't know who is that man. That Peter, now the Holy Spirit, is working on his life. And when he received the Holy Spirit, and he was ready to preach the sermon from verse 14 to 21, he was able to see that it's not about him. But he, because he can start saying, oh, I have a great experience. I have a tongue of fire, and I'm a, I was able to speak in a different language. Oh, I received the Holy Spirit. No. He knew that he was not about him and his story, about he, how he was feeling when he received the Holy Spirit. No. He knew that this sermon is about Jesus Christ and about his work. And Peter stand up and raised his voice and say, This man are not drunk. It is only nine in the morning. And he start connecting the people with something that they knew already. He started a sermon with an Old Testament prophecy from verse 17 to 21, the prophecy of Joel, a prophecy that the Israelites know really well. Verse 17 said, And in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and on your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What really happened in that day, people of God? In that day, Old Testament prophecy was fulfilled that day. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, descends over 120 people. They start speaking in tongues or languages. Little tongues of fire came upon them. We see the fire tongues that represent God's presence. Jesus' saving, death and resurrection 
have been accomplished, and now the work of the Holy Spirit is in building the church. That needs to occur before Christ's return. But what does it mean for us in 2018? That means that we can have an intimate relationship with God and joy in worship. That means that we can save Jesus Christ as our Savior, and he will send the third person, the Holy Spirit, so we can have that relationship that we lost in the garden. That means in today, in 2018, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us, as we read in Romans 5.5. 5. <clears throat> when we receive the Holy Spirit, we are able to have an intimate relationship with God. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we can have a personal relationship with Jesus. Knowing that, how is going to be your relationship with your Savior? Knowing that after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you are able to have a relationship with your Savior, with our Redeemer. How is going to be that relationship with your Savior and Redeemer? First point, it's all about Jesus, not about Peter. Second point, it's a all about Jesus, his death and resurrection, from verse 22 to 23. Peter, after explaining the Old Testament, is having a great transition to the New Testament. He's explaining who is Jesus. Verse 22, he again says, Listen carefully, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man created by God, with mighty works and wonders and signs, that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. Because all these people know about Jesus Christ. They see the ministry of Jesus Christ. They were able to see the great miracles that Jesus Christ made among them. Then Peter is reminding them, hey, remember who is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, God was with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God, he's remembered to these Hebrews who is Christ. As we see in verse 23, he goes further. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But Peter is saying, this was the plan of God. You were not able to do this because you want to do it. No, this was the plan of God. We can see God's sovereignty in this passage. He was planning a rescue from the eternal death. Verse 24, God raised him up, losing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. <clears throat> He's explaining to all these people that his death was necessary so he can rescue from all sins. And so he can rescue from the wrath of God from the eternal death. Because he's saying, you cannot be saved if God doesn't die on the cross. You cannot have a relationship with his Father if Jesus Christ don't die on the cross and wash us our sins with his blood. <clears throat> we see how God is working in the midst of this uh, sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. 
We see from verse 25 to 28, he goes back to the Old Testament, the Apostle Peter. He's talking about how David is referring to Christ. Peter explained what David wants to say on verse 29 to 30. The great King David, the prophet, he dies, and his tomb is still among them. He still remembered to, to all the Israelites, do you know where is that tomb over there? Do you know that the King David tomb is over there? He's died. He's dead. He died, and he's dead, and his tomb is over there. But the King David was pointing to Jesus Christ, our Savior and Redeemer, because David doesn't have the power to defeat death. But David, the King David, is pointing to Jesus Christ, the one who has the power to defeat death. And he's saying, you must trust in Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is the only one who can really rescue you from the main enemy that is sin and death. <clears throat> Verse 33 to 35, saying, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into heavens, but he himself said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies your footstool. We see the promises of the Holy Spirit in the sending of Christ to heaven. We can see in this passage the great victory that Christ made for us on the cross, his resurrection, and the promise of the Holy Spirit. We can see the fulfillment of promises of the Old Testament. We can see the sovereignty of God the Father. Jesus went to the cross. We can see the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We can see the promise of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Knowing all this, how is going to be your attitude sharing the gospel with other people. People of God, the Holy Spirit is with us and He's powerful sharing the gospel. He's powerful when we share the gospel. It's not how we present the gospel, but it's really the Holy Spirit working in our lives, working in the life of the people who is listening to the gospel. And today, the Holy Spirit is working. Uh, last week, I was in Monterey, and I went to see uh, one of the ladies who was coming to the ESL program four years ago. She, uh, she was in the hospital, uh, Alicia Gutierrez. But the Holy Spirit used Alicia Gutierrez. Uh, when we start the ESL class, uh, she started coming faithfully, and then we have uh, Bible lessons on Saturday nights, and she was faithfully coming to the Bible lessons, and, and always we have the, the Bible story, and at the end of the Bible story, <clears throat> I always ask, uh, how, can you, how can we pray for you? And she say, pray for my daughter. Uh, she's sick. And we were praying after a couple of weeks, I'm like, we were thinking that maybe her daughter have a cold or have a stomach flu, uh, flu or something, <clears throat> but then I, I asked her, uh, what's going on with your daughter? And she say, my daughter have a tumor, cancer tumor, <clears throat> and the doctors are saying that she only will live for two to three months of life. And then we start praying, and we say, you know what? The last word, God have the last word. 
don't worry, we will pray and <coughs> we could we continue praying for her daughter Elizabeth and by God's grace uh, those three four months become three now four years in this year um, because of the faithfulness of Alicia coming every Saturday she accept Christ and not only that but she bring her family to the church and her family become members and her son-in-law uh, baptized again the Holy Spirit is working our job is to share the good news of Jesus Christ and he is working and it was really sad because I was uh, with her in the hospital and then she passed away a couple days later and I was on the funeral in Monterey uh, but we were celebrating that now she is uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ uh, it's amazing how, because of the faithfulness of Alicia, her family came to Christ. Uh, first point, it's all about Jesus, not about Peter. Second point, it's all about Jesus, his death and resurrection. And third and last point, it's all about Jesus, the Lord who can forgive our sins. From verse 36 to 41. It's not about you, it's not about me. We see Peter saying, pay attention to my words. God has made Jesus Lord, that means ruler, the one who commands, and Christ, the Messiah, anointing one, the one that you crucified. In verse, uh, we see the work of the Holy Spirit in verse 37. Now when they hear this, they were caught to the heart and say to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what? shall we do? Who can make cut on the heart? It's the work of the Holy Spirit. When you share the good news, <clears throat> it's not how eloquent you are or how right you have the Greek and the Hebrew. It's always the work of the Holy Spirit. And I experienced that when I go back to Monterey and I, I want to, I share the gospel uh, to my friends from college. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, they will accept Jesus Christ because I'm going explaining Greek and Hebrew, and I'm saying all these uh, eccentric words, <clears throat> they will accept Jesus Christ. And they say, I don't have time for that, Hasil, right now. You know, maybe when I'm older, maybe I will call you and we can talk about that. And sometimes going to the coffee shop, uh, making connection with Hispanics, I say, God bless you. And then that person come to me, can you please tell me more about that God? It's all about the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not how we can prepare, but it's really the Holy Spirit working on the life of the people uh, who is listening to the message. And that was the case in this verse <clears throat> in chapter 2, 37. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who, who can do that. The Holy Spirit is the one who called to their hearts and they want to know what they can do. Verse 38 to 39. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is for you and for your children, and for all who are far off, everyone who the Lord or God calls to himself. This is a beautiful, a beautiful passage promising that the uh, the promise is for you and your children. 
and we were able to see that in the life of Alicia Gutierrez. Her daughter was not a believer. Her daughter would not know Jesus Christ, but because of her prayers and her faithfulness, her daughter and her son-in-law become Christians and accept Christ as their Savior. People of God, when I was saying it's not about you or me, I'm referring that we do not need to expand our own kingdom, but we need to expand Christ's kingdom. New St. Peter is a continuation of the Pentecost day. 2,000 years later, we are here. Why? Because people start sharing the good news. And those 3,000 start sharing the good news. And those people start sharing the good news, the good news, the good news, and the good news came to America. And it's continue working the gospel. And that's the reason that we're going to start uh, El Buen Pastor, because we are a continuation of the Pentecost. We are a continuation of the work of the Holy Spirit, working in your life, working in my life, and working here in New St. Peter's. I have some questions. How many of us do we spend time praying for our friends or family that doesn't not know Christ? How many of us do we spend time praying for our neighbors or our friends who also know Jesus Christ? How many of us do we invite our neighbors to our church? How many of us do we share the gospel with our co-workers or with the parents of our children that are facing tough moments? Why do we need, why we do not like to share the gospel to other people? There are a lot of people that come to me and told me, Hasiel, I do not have the gift to share the gospel. And I told them, I do not know that that is a gift because Jesus Christ is encouraging us to share the good news. That's not a gift to share the good news, but it's a commandment that Jesus Christ Send us to share the good news <clears throat> to everywhere. How many of us were acting as Peter? Peter spent days, weeks, months, and years with our Lord Jesus Christ, and he was afraid to talk about Jesus Christ. But what happened when the Holy Spirit came? He was able to share the good news of Jesus Christ, of his death and resurrection. Maybe some of us were afraid to share our faith, but remember, people of God, the Holy Spirit is with you. And the Holy Spirit is the one who is going to help you to share the good news. And at the end, the work is of the Holy Spirit. Don't feel bad when people say, I don't have time for that. At least you are doing the job that we are supposed to do. <clears throat> and then what happened? We see the power of the Holy Spirit. 3,000 people come to Christ that time. And again, we need to pray for boldness. As Acts 4.29 said, And now, Lord, look upon their treats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Christ is harvesting his church. We need to pray for the people who doesn't know Jesus. Do you want New St. Peter be a place to bring people to Christ? How does it look like that is your job and not only the staff, the pastors, 
or the leaders of the church. <clears throat> Jesus is working in his harvest, boldness to start, talking to people of Christ. And sometimes it's important, you know, if you are afraid to share your faith, maybe you can start giving uh, the two ways to leave track. Uh, they have these tracks, Spanish, English, Chinese, Japanese, all languages is great. But yeah, you know, start praying for the people or for your family who doesn't know Jesus Christ. Start praying. This is the most important, is the key. Pray. God, please work on their hearts. And then maybe you can give a track uh, to them. And maybe you can talk. Hey, how about that track? Do you, know, do you know where you're going when you're dying? You know, we, Jesus Christ is the only hope that we have. And Jesus Christ is the best present that we can have. And if you really love your family, or if you really love uh, the neighbors that doesn't have Jesus Christ, you must start praying for them. So the Holy Spirit works in their hearts, but for the Holy Spirit working in our heart, so we can share the good news. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the encouragement that we have through the Holy Spirit. Thank you that the Holy Spirit has been working for more than 2,000 years. And, uh, and today, New St. Peter is a, a reflection of that work. It's a continuation of that work. Thank you that the Holy Spirit is working in our life. And Father, I pray, Father, that you help us to expand your kingdom and help us to not expand our kingdom. Our kingdom, sometimes we don't want to share your kingdom because we're expanding our kingdom. But Father, I pray uh, for my brothers and sisters that help us to expand your kingdom. And Father, I pray for the people who are here that doesn't know you. I pray that your Holy Spirit work in their spirits so they can open their hearts to accept Jesus Christ, your Son, as their Savior. Thank you for your goodness and grace, and thank you for the hope, the true hope that we have in your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray all of this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.